So I went to a great party last night. Many of you were there. I wish that I had not used my uh, sick Sunday uh, on a Sunday when I was actually sick last Sunday, or I might have used it today. Wonderful party at David and Diane Bell's. The whole church was invited. I warned David and Diane about doing that. I said, you probably haven't been part of this church long enough to realize that these people love nothing more than a good party. I think half the church showed up to their home uh, out there uh, overlooking the pool with the great view. Fifty years of marriage we were celebrating. I guess those two are going to make it after all. That's a good occasion for a party, don't you think? Fifty years of marriage. But we around here don't need much of a good occasion to have a party. I've been to parties where the laughter reverberated well into the night. I don't remember the occasion, but I remember the party. I remember the laughter. I went to a party where Hugh Dupree found a piano in the dining room and started playing rock and roll music. Chuck Berry, all kinds of things. I don't remember the occasion, but I will never forget Hugh Dupree playing all of that music. Live music you can't beat at a party. I don't know that I've ever been to a party or very few parties that, that had anything to do with our congregation or this community that Ann Rutherford wasn't in attendance and she's usually still going strong when I've packed it in and gone home. She was, she was there last night. Fred Craddock reminds us that um, some people will celebrate anything. Some people will celebrate anything. You know that diet I've been on for two years? Well, the scales say that I've lost five pounds, and I thought we'd have a few friends in. And I, I've got a chocolate fudge cake and a gallon of strawberry ice cream. We really want to celebrate this. You know our plumbing's been backed up for four days. Well, the Roto-Rooter man finally came, and it's unclogged, and everything's flushing. So we thought we'd have a few people over. Celebrate. Some people will celebrate anything. The shepherd has one sheep. Every group, every family, every church, I suppose, has this one sheep. I've never been part of a group yet that didn't. This one sheep that always gets lost. You know how sheep get lost, right? A shepherd will tell you to this day, Sheep get lost one nibble at a time. This one sheep just loves to eat, never lifts his eyes as long as his mouth is full. And he just nibbles a little and moves a little and nibbles a little and moves a little. And suddenly he feels the familiar tug of the shepherd's crook. One more nibble and he would have fallen off the cliff. He looks up at the frustrated face of the shepherd. There's one in every flock. Every church trip I've ever been on, youth, adult, it doesn't much matter, there's always one. There's always one. Everybody's on board the bus, and you do the count, 29, 30, 31, 
wait a minute, I need to count again. There's supposed to be 32. 29, 30, 31. Okay, we're missing someone. And everyone knows who it is. It's the same one every time. It's always missing. Someone goes back into the McDonald's and there he is, nibbling on a French fry, oblivious. One nibble at a time, that's how it happens. One year, the bus was, uh, our bus out there on a youth mission trip, several years ago now, was loaded after a restaurant stop and uh, a quick count, a little too quick of a count happened and the bus took off and the crew was several miles down the road before somebody noticed that Caleb and Harding and Taylor were not on board. Three little lost lambs. They turned about, around, went back frantically, and there they were, nibbling away. That's the kind of phone call you dread making to parents. Unfortunately, most of the parents of these kids were on that trip. The little lost lambs belonged to them. And of course, one of them was mine, Caleb. I asked him when he got home, I said, did Miss Kathy throw a party for the three of you after you got found? You know, that's, that's biblical. And he said, not quite. <laughs> There's always one. And I suppose it's inevitable Sooner or later, that one sheep with the propensity to nibble his way into the woods is going to get lost, well and good lost. And Jesus says, you know what you would do if uh, you were a shepherd and that happened to you? You know what you would do if a sheep of yours that's prone to wandering wanders a bit too far and doesn't come back? You know what you would do. You would leave the other 99 sheep in your fold. You would leave them out there in the wilderness alone. You would leave them out there in the wilderness alone. The ones who are always on the bus, on time, ready for the count. The ones who know how to eat and look up at the same time. The good little sheep. You leave them out there in the wilderness. And you begin searching for that one little lost lamb. You'll search and search every valley, every hill, beside every brook, in every dark glade, you will not stop searching until you find that one lost sheep. And then you know what you would do. You know what you would do. You'd throw that sheep up onto your shoulders. You would skip home. You would get some balloons and a cake and some party favors and invite the whole neighborhood to come by to celebrate because I found this one sheep that I lost. And the crowd listening to Jesus must be waiting for the punchline. There's got to be a punchline. Surely he's going to say, and and the main course for this party is going to be lamb chops because I'm done with this wandering sheep. But the punchline doesn't come. Jesus means to say it, just like that. This deranged shepherd has left those 99 other sheep in the wilderness. He doesn't even go back to get them after he finds the lost sheep. You notice that? He goes straight home, still leaves them out there. 
Big party. One sheep. Some people will celebrate anything. Maybe Jesus notices the, the way they're looking at him. Maybe he hears someone whisper just a little too loudly, remind me never to hire him to watch my sheep. So he clears his throat and he tries another. This one involves a woman with a, a pretty nice savings account, 10 silver coins to her name, a lot of money for those days. And she loses one, and she's rightfully upset by that, but she doesn't realize it until it's a dead of night. It's important enough to her that she lights a lamp and sweeps the house frantically looking and does not stop until she finds the coin that she had lost. And Jesus says, you know what you would do if you were in that situation, right? You know what you would do if you found a lost coin like that. You'd wake up your neighbors. You'd bring out some streamers. You would put on a party. And more than one scholar has pointed out that the cost of the gas to light the lamp, the oil, to light the lamp in the middle of the night and the party itself would have been more than the cost, more expensive than the one coin she recovered. There's really only one answer to Jesus' question. There's really only one way to respond to his hypothetical searching shepherd and sweeping woman. No one would ever do anything like that. No shepherd, no woman in the middle of the night. No shepherd's going to risk the 99 to go after the one. No woman is going to light all the lights in the house and sweep until she finds. And neither one of them will ever, ever throw a party. And they would be right. That's not going to happen. But sitting where Jesus is sitting... Surrounded by hated tax collectors and assorted other sinners. Dipping his bread in the same bowl with the despised and the rejected. Raising a glass with people who never get invited to the parties. Sitting where Jesus is sitting, you can imagine, if maybe just for a moment, you can imagine the possibility that God's grace might be just that. Grace. That the God we have would search every valley and hill, would sweep every inch of the house, would risk it all, would lose it all for the sake of finding the lost, which includes those who think they aren't. Remember, they're the ones we heard about at the beginning. They're the ones to whom this parable is addressed, along with the rest of us. The ones who were grumbling, this fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. They are the reason for these stories. And they are the audience, as are we all. The real shock of this parable, if you think about it, is that by the time you get to the end, you realize there are no 99 sheep. There are no nine other coins. There's only ever been the one. Jesus says it. 
There is more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Who are the 99? Are you? Are you among that crowd of righteous? Your pastor is not. Paul says there is none righteous, no, not one. There are no 99. There are no nine. There's only the one. The parables are meant to shock the imagination into an awareness that we all too often forget. That we all need repentance. That we all need grace. That we live by grace as we live by breathing. We are all the one. There is no true 99. Only those who imagine themselves in the 99. We need these simple stories. We need them today as we remember the terror that gripped our nation 15 years ago on this day and that still stalks our world. We need these little stories in a political environment keen on dividing the righteous from the unrighteous. We need these stories to be told every time we are tempted to use our religion to decide who can eat at this table and who cannot. When we are tempted to pretend that those sheep caught out there in the dark wood should have known better. And besides, we need to take care of our own anyway. These stories speak today. Every time Christ sets this table in our midst and issues the invitation he has issued from the very beginning, come you who are the one, I have been searching for you. Come and join your fellow sinners at this table of grace. It is big enough, God's grace is wide enough for all. And when you get here to this table, don't forget to rejoice with me. Rejoice with me. Rejoice with all of heaven. The sheep has been found. The coin has been found. You have been found. And heaven is having a party. Rejoice with me. That's a party I want to go to. And that's the party that we're all invited to attend this day and every day. Amen.